You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and live a spirited life. G'day and welcome to episode 47 of Men With Spirit at Radio Karam. Given it's been a little while since we were last on the air together and a lot's been happening, we thought uh, an appropriate topic for this show would be time out, clarity and growth and uh, it'll become evident why we've chosen that topic. Uh, If you're new to the show, our aim is to explore topics, ideas and knowledge to help you become more authentically connected with yourself and others. And uh, as will be evident from this show, this is particularly uh, relevant for this episode. Um, And integral to all of this is to live your life according to your values. This show is an extension of the work we do in our Men With Spirit weekly men's group. My name is Peter Anthony and I'm here with my co-host Steve Angel. G'day Steve, it's been a while hasn't it? A little while hasn't it? Where the hell have you been Peter? <laughs> I've been travelling the world as, <laughs> as have you. Uh, yes. We have, yeah. So it's been a while hasn't it? We've been just worked out it's almost three months since the two of us have been on the show together. Uh, how, how are you feeling at the moment? Well, you know, there's been a lot of changes. I mean, not just personally, but here in the studio as well. We've just come in and there's brand new microphones. It's very slick, isn't it? It's very slick, yes. Um, I think that we have still managed to work out how this console works. So that's a good thing. Um, But we're avoiding the question, how are you feeling? I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, only because it does feel a little strange being back here. But I'm actually... Nerves aside, I'm actually quite excited. Um, it's been a very sort of big time for both of us. Um, and for myself, um, three months been a lot of growth, a lot of challenges. And I think that's been part of the reason why we haven't actually been here on the show is that we, I th- and I'm going to speak on my behalf, is I felt that after doing, what, about 46 episodes, mm-hmm. you know, it's been about a year and a half of us doing this, Fitting it into our lives has been a bit of a challenge, you know, with, you know, changes in your work schedule Mm. and my work schedule. And I think the overarching, always wanting to give a bit of value when we actually do these shows, what are we going to actually talk about? How are we going to help other people Mm. and how are we going to sort of be as authentic and genuine as possible and not just be sitting here, you know? talking about ourselves. Mm, mm-hmm. So I, I felt that we, we both came to a very similar conclusion at that point and said, look, just, we just need to give it a break. Uh, otherwise, I feel like we're just going to be on repeat here. And that's that's where we've been. But in that time, we haven't been idle either. I no, think it's haven't. been a very transformational period, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But what about for you? How have you felt over the last three months not doing the show? Um, well, start off uh, in terms of how I'm feeling at the moment. I'm also feeling nervous, but perhaps for a different reason. But uh, I'm feeling nervous, but also like you, excited to be back. Um, it's been a busy time. Uh, we've been in uh, Vietnam and uh, a lot of growth uh, for me as well, and which we'll touch on. Um, but uh, yeah, lots been happening, and uh, just good to be back on air and just uh, share a few ideas. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned Vietnam. Mm. Well, <clears throat> for um, for many years now, 
both of us have been um, doing work with Sphinx Spiritual, which mm-hmm. we mention very often, if not in most shows. And uh, one of the things that Sphinx does is run a series of uh, conferences in Vietnam. And I think the first one from memory was in about 2009. Mm. And uh, with the gap between 2019 and this year because of all the COVID uh, lockdown nonsense. So um, this was the first chance to get back this year. And uh, uh, we go to a place called the... um, Palm Garden Resort uh, in Hoi An in mm-hmm. central Vietnam. And th- that's just an absolutely lovely place and it's almost become a second home for uh, for many of us. Um, and there were two conferences on this year over the September school holidays. One was on truth, which I did, mm-hmm. and one on love, which you I did. And, and your uh, wife, uh, Alicia, yes. did. And um, I'd done both conferences before, but I'm a slow learner, so I, I decided <laughs> I need to come back and redo the, the truth one. So uh, that's where we've been. And, uh, like, uh, if people haven't been to Vietnam, it's, uh, we'd really recommend it. It's a lovely country. The people are lovely. It's very interesting how a country that's been through so much and had so many wars and strife over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years are uh, still very positive and loving and accepting mm. and that sort of thing. And um, the community around there we've come to um, know and uh, respect and, and love very much. And one of the things that the uh, the people that go to the conference have um, done at, uh, at the instigation of Ian and Pearl Rogers is to um, make donations to support the local community uh, one way or another. And that's over the years has included orphanages, old people's home. And in recent years, it's been uh, helping um, people, old people and people that were other, otherwise would have no um, support at all and helping them with uh, basic foodstuffs and stuff like that. And I think this year, we were just trying to figure out how much it was, but you were saying it's about 110 million dong, Dumb. which is around about, uh, eight, was it 8,000? S- somewhere around that uh, figure. Australian dollars. Australian dollars, yeah. Uh, which was great and... Uh, but one of the, the key things of going there is is just sharing our energy uh, mm-hmm. with the people. And um, um, and I found what last time I was there in 2019, I got involved in actually handing out the goods, which I think you did this year. And yes. I, I think you, like me, would – I found that an incredibly mo- – I was in tears mm. doing it and just the interaction with the old the old ladies and, um, and just helping them, and, you know, cart the bags of rice and stuff like that. It was a very um, – moving experience to have that face-to-face contact with people. So that was um, unrelated to the actual conferences per se, but it was one of the real highlights of the trip. It definitely is a culmination of the work that you do because in, in both these conferences, we are being asked to become more honest in ourselves, but also more loving as mm-hmm. people. And I think at the end, when you can participate, and for me, this is the first time I've participated in actually handing out um, the donations because I was there at the end, whereas generally I've been there in the beginning of the conferences. Um, it really was one of those experiences where you realize, one, just how fortunate you are in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. in comparison to others, and the importance of of community and not just your own community, but the community at large and your responsibility as a human being to other human beings. Mm. And 
you know, for just a bit more clarity on the actual donation, we have people go through almost a ballot now in order because of the the demand and the interest in in what we do has become so so large that the government now is involved and they will have a ballot system in which they will choose those who will receive the donations and these donations as as peter mentioned um uh, there are two levels and then the, the, the larger level is uh, two bags of rice 25 kilo bags of rice there's a large bottle of um cooking oil soy sauce fish sauce, mm-hmm. noodles. And this is about three months' worth of staples. Um, the majority of people who receive these donations are elderly women who would have lost their husbands during the war mm-hmm. or their sons. They don't really have anyone else around to support them. And this year it also included some students as well, students from a local school who were affected by COVID that they lost a relative or a parent during COVID. So they, they were also included in this year's um, charity drive. But it was – it's one of those things, like you said, it's indelible in your mm. mind and just the, the community around is all just coming to have a look. Um, we are supported greatly by one of the local um, restaurant owners – uh, Lynn from um, Lotus, Lotus, Garden. Go- Lotus Garden, yeah, and mm-hmm. she she really she gives us the opportunity to use her restaurant as the the point of collection. She also sources all the uh, the the product for us, um, uh, and she's opposite the Palm Garden Resort. Both yeah. both places we'd strongly recommend if you're going to yes. Hoi An, stay at, stay at Palm Garden and. Uh, and also who support... Um, we are not receiving any commission or no, referrals no, on they're this. Just, they're just lovely people yeah. and that do a lot to help. Yeah, mm. so that was really, I don't know, it was just one of those wonderful experiences that you just go, I'm going to clock that for a very long time. Um, and that sort of feeling of goodwill. It, it was excellent. I was, I was thrilled that I had a chance to do it this yeah. time. And one of the things that uh, struck me was um, whether you're talking to Lynn and the other businesses opposite Palm Garden or to the Palm Garden people themselves um, and the owner of, of that resort is just uh, incredibly supportive and a uh, lovely mm. man in his own right. But uh, they were saying overall uh, because of the, um, the reduction in the um, people coming from overseas and uh, tourists and so on, that their business even now was only 40% of what it was pre yeah. the, um, all the, the COVID lockdowns and everything. So they're still – and a lot of the businesses we used to go to and support them, they, they've closed down and the people have moved back to the country and this sort of thing. So it's still having ongoing effects uh, from that, uh, that that series of policy decisions. Did you notice that the either side there were hotels that had to stop mid-construction? Yes, it was yeah. It was very eerie, these huge big yeah. properties that were being built and they just stopped. There's nothing, no activity, they're just shelves. Yeah, uh, and we're talking about, you know, large hotels like the Marriott and the Four mm, Seasons mm. just – no, just stopping during COVID and have not resumed back. So it is it is a place that, you know, if you are thinking about travelling, consider going to Vietnam. It's it's a wonderful place. I mean, if you love the food as, you know, it is just so delicious. Yeah. And, and there's a very good video up on our Facebook page that talks about uh, – or that shows yeah. one of the dinners at the, one of the restaurants yes. there at, uh, at the resort. Mm. Um, so that was good. But there was some other things have been happening as well. Um had the referendum just a few days ago, which um, was uh, the Australian public resoundingly uh, rejected the the proposition the government had put forward. So that was an interesting thing. But the the sense I'm getting from 
people I'm talking to, is irrespective of how they voted, there is this strong desire to change things or improve the situation for Indigenous people. But clearly the Australian public, by a large majority, felt that the, um, the proposition that was being put forward they weren't comfortable with. Mm. And a lot of people I've spoken to and, and possibly in my own view is, um, you know, there's a, because of recent events, I suppose, there's a distrust of government and what's being put forward and people are saying, well, we'd prefer to be dealing with people more at the grassroots level or, or whatever. But it, much to the perhaps surprise of many people, particularly in the inner city areas, it's, uh, it didn't get up. That's true. I was watching Q and A, um, and they were talking about the referendum. Unfortunately, the lead up to the referendum is quite long. It's longer than an election, mm. and the longer you have time to make a decision, the likelihood is that you won't make a decision. And negative information can start to become more prevalent in your mind, and. This is one of the things that also I think for the, the no campaign, which was quite strong, was not very – it just became more of an echo chamber and I think that caused a lot of people to sort of doubt really what was going on, the information, who it was coming from and when you've got all the political parties not in agreement – then you have to ask yourself, well, what's going on then? If you don't all agree then – we're talking about changing the constitution yeah, here as well. There is, there is an accepted formula that goes back you know, through all of Australian political history that if you're going to put a referendum up, you have to have bipartisan support and there's a number of key things mm. you need to do and every single one of those wasn't done. So surprise, surprise, the referendum didn't get up. Mm. So it's – so I guess, I guess the, you know, the message is, okay, so it's, it's failed as a referendum. But what next? Mm. I think and, and that's where the – and that uh, – approaching this from a position of um, love and concern and wanting to improve things is where hopefully most people will now want to say, well, what are, what can we do differently? Mm. Okay, that particular scenario didn't work, but um, let's – yeah, we didn't we did want to make the show about the referendum per se, but as it has happened in just the last few days, we felt it was appropriate to mention it. But – but a lot of people I'm speaking to are making that point very clearly that they voted no and there's a range of reasons why they did but um, they still have this um, overwhelming concern that mm -hmm. things aren't good for Indigenous people, particularly in the in the um, road areas and mm -hmm. that has to be fixed. So hopefully the parties will come together and we get some progress on that. And, and another little bit of news, uh, I've got to mention that you, mm -hmm. you got an award from I Toast. Did. Uh, you didn't want me to mention this. I don't but, want but, you to mention I, this, but, but you're still doing it though. I know, go on, <laughs> go on. So what, what did you get from Toastmasters? I, I, it, was, it was a lovely recognition from my previous um, club, uh, Frankston Toastmasters Club, which I want to give a huge shout out to because they've been really instrumental in, in the journey of growth for me and – if you don't know what Toastmasters is, Toastmasters is a public speaking club that helps you sort of uh, become more confident in the art of public speaking and gives you a lot of opportunities to do so. I had I've been doing that since about 2015, I think it was. And they wanted to recognise just my um, contribution and my efforts, even though due to personal reasons I'm unable to keep attending, I was given a Lifetime Achievement Award just for that recognition of the efforts that I've been putting in and and how I have 
contributed to the club and the club culture and the spirit of the club, which I feel very, I accept humbly, I feel like it's a little short of a lifetime achievement. However, um, I did accept that the other day and I really want to thank them all for, for recognising me. And um, yeah, uh, huge, huge support for that club. Yeah, and well deserved. I think one of the things that has come up I think in previous shows is that you've done uh, including some uh, Toastmasters thing uh, training with kids in primary schools. As I well. have. That was one of the beautiful things that yeah. I did out of yeah. the club was yeah. a youth leadership training program, which they do at schools for free. So every Toastmasters club actually offers this service to a local school. Um, if you are a local, if you are in a local school, or you're a parent, or you're a teacher, and you want this, reach out to a local mm. Toastmasters club because they will do it for you for free. It's about a six week program. Um, yeah, and that was that was actually absolutely beautiful to do, and just a rewarding experience to help bring more confidence to children, help them speak up, share their voice. So yeah, that was it's a good example thing. of how community groups of whatever sort can still get involved. Toastmasters about fundamentally making you a better public mm. speaker, personally. But there's a group that have taken that skill set yeah. out to the community and is helping in terms of community building and helping people. In this case, young it's kids. all volunteer too. Yeah, 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 no yeah. one's getting paid to do no, anything, and, and, and that's the really exciting thing. Is that when you get people that are um, motivated um, to to help um, mm-hmm. and to, to give to others, you can achieve uh, amazing things. Mm. Certainly can, yeah. Anyhow, I'm back on to our conferences. Yes, we were talking about this uh, in the last few days, and uh, we'd come to the conclusion that uh, rather than try and cover both um, conferences and all the knowledge and mm-hmm. learnings and growth that we over the, over the two weeks, and try and do it in one show, we'd divvy it up between two shows. So this one we're primarily focusing on truth. Yes. And um, I might just um, share a few things there. In terms of me going to this conference, um, I'd done the conference previously, but um, there's a quote that was on the Wisdom of Crazy Horse blog in recent days, which I thought was very apt in terms of what we wanted to talk about. And the quote was on the subject of genuineness. And the quote is, Genuineness stems from a desire for the inside of you to show on the outside, unquote. I thought that was really apt because the Truth Conference was about, uh, well, truth, obviously, but you know, it covered a wide spectrum of aspects and one was being truthful with yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, what I was increasingly realising was I wasn't being truthful with myself. And if I can't be truthful with, my, with myself, I can't be truthful to others. So I, I recognised um, for some years now that I'm gay. But that recognition was, it was almost it was in the mind. It was an intellect sort of thing. And it wasn't something that I felt I needed to act on. Mm-hmm. I accepted it, okay. But um, it was no big deal. But then I feel well, I wasn't really sharing that essence of me with with others. The change for me in this conference was uh, had to describe what would be the the, the ideal partner, mm-hmm. and um, and I um, meditated on it and thought about it. And I thought, well, what is this? How would I describe this ideal person? And it. it 
I decided it was a man mm-hmm. and it and it was the energy of the person and mm-hmm. uh, shared values and, and and characteristics and this sort of thing. But I was visualising this person and it had a lot to do with how um, we related and it was almost like I was I was describing a specific person. Mm-hmm. It was quite, um, quite bizarre but it was this recognition of the energy I was seeking and um, – and that was what made the difference and it was taking it out of my mind and more into how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And that happened in the course of the conference. So I found that very transformational. And I came back saying, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to just um, – because prior to that there was a whole range of reasons but part of it was um, – Upbringing and that sort of thing, and Catholic, you know, guilt and shame and all this sort of thing, that there was something wrong with being gay, and, cl- and clearly there isn't. But mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was quite a transformation for me. And then I came back and decided, well, I'm going to, um, I accept who I am, and I'm going to share that with others, and that's included uh, writing to my children and exp- expressing that to them um, and you know, here just talking about it as and, and we've shared it I've shared that with the men's group the last couple of weeks and we've talked about that so it's just this recognition that your sexuality is a key element of who you are and if you deny that you're denying the essence of who you really are and given what we're trying to do on this radio show <laughs> um, it's fairly fundamental so it's something I had to address and that's where I was feeling Uneasy over the, for the last number of months that I didn't feel that I was being honest with myself, and if I wasn't being honest, how could I be honest with others? So, so that was quite a a big thing for me. Um, and there was a, certainly a sense of um, relief and lifting a, a pressure off um, in coming to that acceptance. So there was a recognition previously, but now I've got this acceptance. But not only acceptance, it's this sense of um, hope uh, Mm -hmm. that there may, hopefully there will be some love in my life, but different to the sort of um, um, scenario I had in previous years. Because I said, you know, when I was thinking about this ideal person, I said the conundrum for me is it a man or a woman? And I had to make this basic decision. I said, no, it's a man. Mm -hmm. So at that point, okay, 70-odd years of delusion sort of <laughs> out the door uh, and, and there was an acceptance. So that was, that was for me very, uh, very special. I was very mindful. I wanted to interrupt several times during that. So mm-hmm. only because I really wanted to stop and just congratulate you for being completely courageous and brave. You're disclosing a very strong and honest truth about something about yourself which is not an easy thing to do. Mm. Um, so thank that you. I want to recognise and say thank you for doing that. And I think there will be people who will be listening as well who will really appreciate that and feel that. I don't want you to diminish it either because it is significant what you've, what you've been willing to disclose, what you've been willing to feel about your life and what you're willing to say, this is who I am and this is what I want in my life. And I know that you have struggled with this over a period of time. Since the time that we've been together, it's it's been sitting there in the background, but even at the times, you didn't even feel like you related to it. 
Maybe that was fear. Maybe that was conditioning. Maybe that was just, it's too late for me to do that. So I just want to say thank you again for doing that and, and being very honest. So see, here you are now. Mm. Here you are now. How do, how do you feel about just sharing what you just shared? On air, uh, uh, well, that was in part why, why in large part why, so, why, why I was nervous at the start of the uh, show. Um, uh, look, it's it's transformational, and it, it, how people react to that is up to them. Mm. Um, different people may react different ways; that's their decision. Um, but I feel now that I've got no excuse not to start to seek out um, a love in my life, mm-hmm. um, whereas previously I'd never even contemplated that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, look, there's an excitement about it, but there's also, oh, where do I go next and how do I do it? But I think for a lot of people that have come to a conclusion about their sexual identity, that, that being in later in life and that it's different to what they spent most of their life bring presenting as that it is a, a challenging thing what what do you do about it and mm-hmm. uh, how do you engage and I, I know some people that are lesbians or have just come to that conclusion and they're sort of reaching out um, and trying to make contact with people and mm-hmm. that sort of thing but there was um, there was a song I heard on the um, the radio on my uh, music feed on Spotify mm. that came up the other day and uh, I'll play it shortly but it brought me to tears because mm. it, it was went took me back to the feeling I had in the conference which was about uh, not this intellectual idea of this is my sexual identity but this sense of um, uh, feeling uh, the energy between mm. myself and another person and um, yeah that was um, very powerful and it did bring me to tears so I don't know whether I might actually play that now and then we'll come back and continue our conversation if that's all right. that's okay, okay. yes right um, here we are and I'll just explain that this song is um, Only You and You Alone by The Platters and it goes back some years ago but it's not a song I often listen to, but it just came up and I just thought it was just incredibly appropriate and moving. So here it is. Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall, and it's great to be here at Radio Carum. Right, we're back, um, and often we uh, share quotes from the Wisdom of Crazy Horse, as I did earlier in the show, but we're going to do something a little bit different now, and many of us that live in Melbourne and would know the um, the uh, artist or you know the um, cartoonist, if you like, uh, Michael Lunick. And there was a recent quote which I thought was very uh, uh, apt for our topic today. It's uh, it's on um, being truthful, and it uh, it is as follows: In order to be truthful, we must do more than speak the truth. 
we must also hear truth. We must also receive truth. We must also act upon truth. We must also search for truth. The difficult truth within us and around us. We must devote ourselves to truth. Otherwise, we are dishonest and our lives are mistaken. God grant us the strength and the courage to be truthful. And that's from the prayer book by Michael Ludig. So mm. a little bit different to what we normally would quote, but I think it's very apt. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I agree. How, do, how does that sit with what you learnt in that week of conferencing and in Vietnam on the, the subject of truth? Okay, there was obviously over a five-day intensive period uh, that's covered in these conferences. It's, a lot comes up, but... There are a number of things for me. Um, one was this thing of being truthful to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is so easy to be delusional and build up. And, and, and most of my life had been delusional. But if you can't be honest to yourself, that's that's a problem. So um, being truthful to yourself was a big one. Um, another one which um, is alluded to there is this one of if you don't speak your truth or you – not so much you don't speak your truth, but you hold, you don't give the whole truth. Mm-hmm. You hold stuff back. A mission, yes. So it's it's um, you're lying or being untruthful by omission, mm-hmm. and that's another one. Because in my case, that was also the case that I was not being truthful because I wasn't um, sharing the full truth. Now sometimes it's, it's probably not appropriate to be share with everyone mm-hmm. everything, but. Um, but that one was another one for me that uh, I felt that was very important that uh, you can go through life not sharing the full truth and, mm-hmm. and, and therefore people get a and – and I've been big on um, how I'm perceived and those sort of things. So by not being uh, – not sharing the full story, you come across as someone perhaps that you aren't. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, that was another learning for me. But there was a lot in that conference. And a number of the people that did that conference also then went on and did the, the love conference afterwards. So that was a big uh, big 10 days for them. What's it meant for you since you've been back? It's meant that I've had to look at um, how I present to other people and just being honest and, and hence the reason I decided to, um, to uh, – share a number of things with uh, with my, each of my kids uh, in writing and uh, get that across to them, um, but also to other people and just to be more honest and not try and um, pretend to be something or someone I'm not. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that sometimes we can be, inverted commas, too honest? By that I mean... We feel like we need to share everything about ourselves to people. Um, I go back to uh, um, Marcus uh, when we first started the show. He, he was in awe that there was so much uh, honesty that we uh, we shared. But um, you can be overshare. I mean, so you've got to, you've got to you've got to choose the, the circumstances. Not everyone, you know, the, the old thing of you know, how are you today, Steve? Mm. And then you. <laughs> Go into a big yes. dialogue of 
dump of everything that's going on in your life. Well, that really wasn't the question. So, so um, it's choosing the place and time and uh, and the appropriateness of what you have to share. But um, uh, but I think by and large, people should be honest and. Um, the world would be a better place if people were more honest and not trying to lie and deceive and manipulate people. And manipulation well, includes um, uh, a, a lying by omission. Mm. Well, you, what stops people from being honest? A range of things. Um, and what about for you? What did you learn about yourself that stopped you from being honest? Because you come across as someone who's overly confident. Um, you come as someone who's not really sort of a, you know, shrinking wallflower or whatever that term really? is. <laughs> no, you don't. You do. And I know that it's not always the truth of what's going on for you. So what did you learn about yourself as to why you haven't been as honest? Yeah, I think there was uh, there's certainly been a, a persona that um, – uh, the way I present to people mm. and you want to maintain that image. So therefore by uh, not wanting to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. show that side of myself rather than taking it just uh, generally, I was talking about myself. Yeah. So if I'm not vulnerable and prepared to be open, um, then I won't get hurt or people won't reject me or mm -hmm. won't. Uh, burst the bubble in terms of who I am and what I am. Mm -hmm. So is this recognition that um, uh, at this stage of my life, am I going to continue to be to present as something that deep down there's a knowing that that's not really me? So I need to show who I am um, for my own um, growth mm -hmm. and um, and self love, but also to give people the opportunity to know me better and uh, hopefully establish a better a more honest and uh, open relationship with people when you how do you feel about yourself prior mm -hmm. to exploring truth and the truth about who you are and how you've behaved and how you are now post the conference now mind you it's a work in progress mm -hmm. so I'm not expecting a massive change but this you know, in terms of applying everything. But how do you feel about yourself and how does it f make you feel? Now you're dropping some of the personas, you're, you're being more truthful with yourself. I'm feeling for me there's a, a more of a, um, a softness and um, uh, genuineness, um, a, a, prepared, a preparedness to be... Um, open and uh, not shrink back in fear of people's rejection and um, and a, a more of a sense of um, self-love I suppose mm -hmm. so uh, and I mentioned before about this hopefulness and potential for a different future going forward whereas previously I'd, I'd written a lot of stuff off and you know just on the grind sort of thing and now I'm looking, hang on, things could be different going forward mm -hmm. here. So there's the sense of excitement. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I feel as if I'm in a counselling session, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's called an interview, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, were you surprised by anything other than the, the, the admission of how you felt about your sexu sexuality? 
were you surprised by anything that you learned? Having, having, having done the conference previously, um, in, like a lot of the exercises we did this time around were different to the first time we did the conference, but the content was exactly the same. But the way we got there was slightly different. Um, look, it, it was um, – I felt comfortable with the exercise. It was that particular one where I had to focus in what was this love that mm. I was looking for in my life. That was the transformational one for me. But a lot of the other exercises um, – uh, re reinforce things um, uh, it was very powerful for like we had I don't know, 30 35 or something people in, in the thing and I'd say every single one of us uh, had huge growth and um, realizations along the way and I, I just find these conferences that I've been that was the 10th conference I think I've done in Vietnam mm-hmm. now um, they're incredibly transformational and the knowledge you get and the experience you have during that time is just uh, quite amazing. And and um, uh, Carla, who does the uh, spiritual innocence uh, videos of Ian and Pearl, she was wandering around uh, with a microphone asking people questions and that sort of thing. So uh, I was happy to share a, a pre and post um, uh, view of um, the conference. But uh, it's... For anyone looking for transformational growth, I thoroughly recommend um, these conferences that they run in Vietnam every year normally. Yes, normally, and there'll be some more next year as well, I believe, mm. and hopefully we'll get Carla on board mm. to come and have a, uh, a chat to us and maybe talk about next year's uh, events. I want to ask you one other question regarding when you're talking with other people and connecting with other people when you sense maybe they're not being truthful, how do you, how do you deal with that? How mm. do you think you'll deal with that? In the past, I think I'd probably just rec- make a note to self or they're not being truthful. I think with the men's group, we try and uh, call it out or you know, have mm. a discussion around it, that sort of thing. Um, I'm hoping going forward I'm going to be more prepared to have discussions around that or mm-hmm. just raise the, the topic. Um, that's a good point. I think because um, it helps them mm-hmm. and often, particularly if you are self-delusional, um, you, uh, you may not even recognise you're not being truthful. But if you get pulled up on it and question, you think, okay, mm, that's, a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if it's been a, a lie you've been telling yourself for such a long mm. time, it becomes so ingrained within who you believe you are Absolutely. that you haven't really gone back to question it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes, like people have said to me over the years, um, are you gay or, you know, or, you know, you know, some of my mannerisms or whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, no, of course not, you know, and, and, and that was my strong belief. But, mm-hmm. but they were recognising things in me that I couldn't even recognise. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the lies we tell ourselves, eh? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Looking back, what are you most proud of from the conference? Making that decision. And it was – I recognised when I was meditating on it, I thought, oh, this is fairly fundamental. This is a pivotal pivotal point here, mm-hmm. Peter. And uh, I no, – what do I really want? And I said, okay, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And once I made that decision, 
it was I'm just rolling up now. It was very very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was I was proud of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. good. It took a long time to come. Yes, yes. Mm. And I'll give you a moment mm. because it is a big thing. Um, it's been in, for though anyone who th- hears the word conference, it probably might conjure up a very very kind of dry lecture theatre style um, environment. But these conferences are very, very transformational, as Peter has mentioned. They also are conducted in a way where you feel incredibly safe, you feel very supported. Mm. Um, You are being challenged, though, because the truth is that what we want is things to change in your life. There's no Mm. point in coming and doing any work if there is no change. Mm. Otherwise, it's just... It's just, it's nice, it's self-serving, it's, you know, it's a good time, but what's the point? Because growth is really the aim of everything that we do in our life. Growth in love, growth in truth, growth in connection, growth. Otherwise, we stay stagnant and or for most of us, we can actually go backwards. So when we talk about these conferences, discard anything that comes into your mind that you may believe what they're held like um, and being also held in sort of another environment as well, which is, you know, a destination um, conference in that when you're in a space where you don't go back home each day, where you're not sort of confronted by your everyday life, there is a- an ability to stay within that bubble, to stay within the energy that is being created. And I think that also has a massive impact on your uh, your your transformation, um, your growth, the confrontation, the challenges, but also the f- your ability to focus more on the work. And that's what I found. And, you know, you couldn't think of a nicer place to do that. In. Yeah. And, and that, that energy you mentioned, it, it has an effect on the, the, the community there as well. They really you – know, I'm not saying this, this – that they say to us how much they look forward to having us back and uh, – and just sharing that energy and um, that love. Uh, so it, can I say something yeah. about that? Well, yeah. I, I was there, obviously, for the last mm. of the, the love, and then um, my wife the and truth, I. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then I stayed um, on for a few days with my wife, and we were sitting around the pool, and we were sort of, you know, we we're watching everybody. And as each day passed, post the last conference, we felt this sort of drop in energy. Mm. Whereas when we had all of these sort of, you know, uh, the participants were all there, there was still quite buzzy, you could feel the energy, everyone was sort of vibrating really quite high. As each sort of group of people were heading back home each day, but I think the second or third day post the conference, you could really feel a real strange change. It's, the energy seemed to have dropped a little bit. It wasn't buzzing, it wasn't as loving, it wasn't as high and I thought to myself, this is very interesting. It was just a very interesting observation, which supports really what a lot of the staff say at the resort when this when this group comes through mm. uh, each time. They really look forward to it. Um, yeah, that was very, very... You know. So if, if people do get an opportunity in some stage of the future to uh, attend any of these um, Sphinx spiritual conferences in Vietnam... I think without reservation, both you and I would... Uh, <laughs> Highly recommend. Absolutely. Highly recommend, yeah, absolutely. yes. You don't need to be part of the um, the community or the organisation. Um, I believe next year it's going to be open up to anybody. Yeah. Which I think they always have been, but generally 
a lot of people who are part of the organisation tend to go. One of the, the key things I'd, I think we've all recognised is you, you come out of that with all this um, uh, intent, what you're going to do, but you come back into um, this environment with a different energy and the, you get back into that old work pattern. So it's, yes. it's how do you maintain the momentum and how do you not slip back into those old patterns of behaviour? Um, That's a good question to ask you right now, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- that is the key, you know, is uh, start doing things differently to not just uh, continue to do things the way you did it previously. So um, that's always always a challenge um, mm. because it's so easy to just slip back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So little reminders to self on, on that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, as we promised, next show, maybe the next show or the show after, I'll talk a little bit more about the Love Conference. Well, we're hoping to have uh, Carla on next time talking mm-hmm. about um, a range of subjects. Mm-hmm. But certainly we're going to uh, cover the Love Conference that you did and yes. your your take on that yeah. uh, at, at, you know, either the next show or the show after. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And for those who don't know who Carla is, Carla Burt mm. is um, a medium. She's also a producer and she is uh, leading a uh, the content creation for the Spiritual Renaissance, uh, which has got a YouTube and a Facebook page. You can check it out, which has a lot of the content that she has recorded um, exclusively with Ian and Pearl Rogers as well as um, deep trances and a whole lot of really great information that kind mm. of gives you a really good insight into the spiritual work. And we might, in, well, not we might, we will include a link to that on our Facebook post um, mm. to, uh, to that uh, website and that mm. resource on YouTube. Yes. So, Peter, any last few words that you want to say about your experience with the conference, but also with... The new Peter. Just uh, a great sense of um, gratitude is probably the the main feeling I have about the conference is I had a feeling that I needed to be there and it was a last-minute decision that I was able to go. Um, but, uh, you know, gratitude and just a determination to, um, to move forward uh, with a different uh, outlook on life. Mm. Good. All right. Good. Um, maybe we should start wrapping things up. Maybe one thing I'd like to mention is um, a, a person that we have uh, mentioned on the show from time to time uh, is Sean Rogers. He mm. and Olivia are getting married today, which is um, Wednesday, the eighteenth of October, twenty twenty-three. So um, you and I just wanted to send them our love and very best wishes. For Um, a wonderful day and for a wonderful life ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, congratulations to the both of you. Um, All right, well, look, information and uh, links about our shows are available from the Radio Carum website, which is radiocarum.org or via our Facebook page, which is at Men With Spirit. And our shows are also available on all the major podcast platforms within a day or so of broadcasting. 
If you want to attend uh, any of our Men With Spirit gatherings, event details including how to register are also on our Men With Spirit Facebook page or you can email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Locally we meet in Carrum, just down the road from here, uh, usually every Monday evening. And um, the work of Radio Carrum and including our show wouldn't be possible without the generous support of the Radio Carrum sponsors, one of which we had before, which was... um, Atticus Health, but there's a number of other uh, sponsors which we're also very grateful to. Uh, anything else you want to say, Steve, before we go to the final bit of music? What is our final piece of music? Well, our final piece of music is I'm Coming Out by, <laughs> by Diana, Diana Ross. Ross. And um, it, it has general like capability. Um, we were both saying that uh, it about if you do one of these conferences or whatever and you you, you want to share the new you uh, so it, it doesn't have a specific connotation but you, <laughs> you can you can take it that way but um, we thought a good way to end the show uh, today is with um, Diana Ross and uh, I'm coming uh, I'm coming out thank you Peter thank you Steve welcome back thank you We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening to our show. Until next time, be true and genuine to yourself.